This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Papas and Olivia Harlan-Decker. Welcome, 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 everyone. This is Unleashed by BetMGM, the king of sports books. We are glad to have you with us. Giannis Papas joins me. Giannis, Selection Sunday is coming up, and you know for the next month and a half, it's all we're going to talk about, March Madness. Are you ready? It's all about these amateur kids. I can't wait to watch them play their hearts out for money they should and hopefully will be getting. But there's no more of an exciting event that happens in this country than March Madness. And boy, do we need it. We need you kids to get our minds off of World War Three. <laughs> you know, they are getting paid now. They're getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, until I start seeing those... Those little uh, endorsement deals and real money, you know, let's get these kids some real money. I don't believe it. You don't believe it. Now, are you one of those people who fills out so many brackets or do you do one and really stick with it and like hold yourself accountable? I do one. I do one and I hold myself accountable. Yeah. So, and I like to always pick underdogs. Look, I bet, I don't bet, maybe it's just because it's too hard for me to understand all the numbers. So I think that's probably just an excuse. I just bet with underdogs and with my heart, and that's why I always lose money. I am good for BetMGM. That's why they hired me, because I make them money. I bet you'll never guess how many, what kind of person I am when it comes to filling out brackets. I bet you'll never guess. I bet you, you create different social security numbers and people. You're like a fraudulent voter. There's probably like 15 Olivia Harlan Deckers with 15 social security numbers. So you can bet 15 times on 15 different teams. You are smart and you diversify. And that's why you're a winner and I'm a loser. (laughs) I do. I'm guilty. I make like three or four brackets because sometimes I'm like, I can't have this one team screw me. So I'm going to do one scenario where they lose and... I mean, you know, that's how I roll, Giannis. Kind of a sellout over here. I'm telling you, I know Rodrigo's out there. I know you got a backup husband somewhere. <laughs> yeah, okay, you don't remember anything, but you remember that joke I made a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that's the only thing I remember, Rodrigo, because I got my private investigators out there searching for him. Right now, we're down there in Mexico checking every city and town to find who this guy is. Oh, my God. I can't believe you remembered that joke. That wasn't even a good one. Okay, you know what is a good one is our man who's going to win some money every week. You know, Yanni, we do this bad beat of the week. Bad beat of the week. This one goes out to Dustin from Tennessee. My man had a 10-team parlay. Just miss. Just 
miss. He hit nine of them, Giannis. He narrowly lost on a Texas Tech one-point loss to Oklahoma State. Ouch. Ouch. Talk about a bad beat. But Dustin gets 100 bucks in BetMGM site credit to ease his pain. Oh, man, that sucks. I'm always telling you, Giannis, these parlays are the only way to make big money, but they always end up our bad beat winner. Yeah, but there you go. 100 bucks. Hopefully you can make it count. Make it worth it. You know, like saving Private Ryan. You, you suffered great losses. Make it a pirate victory. Just turn it around there, Dustin. Make something happen. You can do it. I believe in you. That's heavy, heavy stuff. Speaking of heavy stuff, a lot of news broke today. You know, we record on Tuesdays and I'm beaming because the news just broke that Aaron Rodgers is remaining in Green Bay. Hallelujah. Sing the chorus. Get the cheese. I am so excited. He agreed to a four-year, $200 million deal. Oh, my gosh. It makes him the highest paid NFL player ever. $153 million is guaranteed, plus his cap number goes down. It's a huge move by the Packers front office. They also franchise tag Devontae Adams. Now, Aaron certainly wanted a lot of conversation about this decision. You know what I mean? He's like... He's like a girl deciding between a couple prom dates. He doesn't shy away from the drama. A couple days ago, he said he was torn. Uh, Obviously, people thought Denver was where he would go to follow his offensive coordinator. And Denver's roster is pretty stacked. So not going to lie, it would have been a good move. But he's staying. He's loyal. He's staying. Uh, I can't complain. He gives us the best chance to win. I had a good feeling about this, Giannis. When the Packers brought in quarterback coach Tom Clements, he came out of retirement a couple weeks ago. Aaron loves this guy. They are tight. And Tom Clements wasn't coming out of retirement for Jordan Love. So this is exciting. This is really exciting. It's a big day. And then, of course, to put a cap on this that everyone was kind of keeping an eye on the Broncos, well, Good thing they had an eye on him and had their ear to the ground because Russell Wilson is going to Denver. I mean, what a day. There's so much to unpack here, and we're going to bring in someone who knows all about it. NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal, he is joining us. He was just at the Combine. He's going to fill us in on everything that happened at the Combine. But Giannis, those two big pieces of news, what are your initial thoughts? I'm kind of speechless. Well, never speechless, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you you could talk. I am. uh, I'm excited for Green Bay fans. I'm excited for Denver. And I am very upset as a Giants fan. I was hoping that we would see Wilson in a Giants jersey. But now I got to look at this dookie once again, or it's a draft pick. I don't know. Maybe we could talk to our esteemed guests about it. But I don't know what the Giants are going to do. Are we going with Daniel Jones again? I mean, we didn't make a move. We got draft picks. What are we doing at the quarterback position? It's just another disappointing offseason. That's the way it looks like it's turning out as a Giants fan. But congratulations to you. Like, you guys haven't enjoyed enough recently. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So congrats to Denver. Denver's got a a good look right now. I mean, Russell Wilson, he's 33 years old. He's as old as Jesus was at his peak. So 33 is a man's peak. <laughs> that, now, I've never heard that joke, but that seems like one every comedian might have in their back pocket. That's pretty good. <laughs> the 33 is always in the back pocket. You either got a oh. Jesus joke or a Larry Bird joke ready to go. Oh, God, that's good. Yeah, no, Wilson in Denver is great. They have an all-pro left tackle. They have a great wide receiver room. They have a great tight end and Noah Fant. I 
I think the Broncos are ready to go. They might get Von Miller back from the Rams. I mean, there's there's a lot that can happen with the Broncos. So we will keep tabs on that. Okay, Giannis, well, that is the news for today. Now I want you to go ahead and unleash on one thing, just one thing you feel passionately about this week. You take off, friend. It's time to unleash. All right, let's talk about one of my favorite sports. The UFC MMA, mixed martial arts. I love this sport. It's gotten so big. I don't know if it needs the theatrics that we're watching right now. I understand it's a growing, 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 growing sport. And the theatrics and the shit talking, you know, brings eyeballs, makes money. But now it seems like the biggest star is filling the shoes of the previous biggest star being Conor McGregor and shit talking to a point where you start to wonder as a fan, is this crossing the line? Now, as you mentioned before, before we got on air, that if it makes me feel a little uncomfortable, then maybe it is a little too far. I'm talking about Colby Covington. This last week, obviously, big pay-per-view gate again, sold out arena again. He's become a star, Colby Covington. I love watching him fight. This was an amazing storyline that, in my opinion, didn't need the shit talking to the level that Colby takes it to to sell it because you had two former teammates and best friends who have now become rivals fighting each other. You know, they were former training partners. They were part of the same team. It was a rivalry between gyms and former friends and two great fighters who put on exciting fights. And Colby just. He talks about people's kids. He talks about people's wives. He talks about their marital status. I mean, to me, it just seems like it's crossing the line. And it's akin to when McGregor, you know, started throwing things at buses and got arrested, trying to hype his fight with Khabib. And then he's talking about Khabib's religion and things that I just don't think you need to do. The sport is big enough now that you don't have to appeal to like the casual, casual, casual fan by turning it into the Real Housewives. It's starting to get a little too WWE for me. And I just think the UFC has to do something. I think people need to get fined. There is a line. I know as a comedian, I'm all about free speech and everything, but there is a line and talking about people's kids and their wives and what kind of father a person is, is just going too far. So Colby, Colby Covington, Colby Chaos, I'm putting you on notice and you need to stop and you need to go to church, my friend, and wash that mouth out with soap. Okay, enough's enough. Let's clean up the sport a little bit. That was good, Yana. See, you have a conscience. You you really don't like it to get ugly. And I, I like that about you. Mine is going to seem a little counterintuitive to that because I know this guy is getting a ton of crap right now. And I don't want to pile on it. I really don't. But as a professional athlete, if you're not performing, you are fair game. But I would never call anyone a name. So for my Unleashed, I'm going to take things over to the NBA. Like a lot of people, I had a feeling the Lakers and Russell Westbrook would be a bad fit. But wow, I I did not think it would be this bad. I don't think he's a Laker next year. I really don't. I think he's out. I don't know why LeBron got to run this team and bring him in. 
So let's look at where they were before Russell Westbrook became a Laker. Two years ago, Lakers won the title in the bubble. Everyone acts like that was so long ago. That was recent. Then they were 19-8 and last year when LeBron and AD were healthy. That was a great pairing. Now AD has health problems, obviously. Last year, there was no chemistry issue. Everyone got along. LeBron liked the gang. They needed all these pieces that they had to trade now to get Russell Westbrook. Big trade. It cost them a bunch And it turns out a lot of those pieces were pretty necessary to keep this machine going and complement the new LeBron James, whose game is different than it used to be. He's more on the perimeter. He's crushing inside less. Now, this is coming off a huge 50-point game, but uh, (laughs) in general... In general, LeBron uh, is, is a different player, still extremely effective, but different scheme. So Westbrook is on his fourth team in four years. And, you know, it's not just his offensive numbers, shooting percentages, turnovers that are concerning. But it's really, to me, when I watch, a lack of intensity and focus on the defensive end. He's kind of roaming around. He's losing his man. And as a vet, he should be owning that behind closed doors, taking responsibility. But we've yet to see that take shape. Even back at UCLA, Westbrook wasn't known for incredible ball handling, dribbling, or even shooting. That was on his scouting report before he was drafted. He was known as a good defender. He was the Pac-10 Defensive Player of the Year. He could get to the rim and penetrate. And always known for being a hardworking former walk-on. Remember, he's a former walk-on. But something isn't right in L.A. this time around for Westbrook. And if you don't believe anything I just said, turn on his post-game press conferences. That's pretty cringy because when the fans started booing, which is horrible, I am very against home fans booing for a team. Like, come on, just drink your $12 beer and, and cheer. That's what that's all you got to do. It's easy. But afterwards, they asked him if this would bother him. You know, would he take it home with him? And he said, no, I'm going to go home to my beautiful family and move on. One, great answer to your buddy, right? If, if someone asks you, man, that sucks. They were booing you. But you don't say that to your fan base, to your owner, to your coach, to your teammates. And that's who's all watching this. And I think it shows a little bit of apathy. And then the other night, a reporter asked, this must be a little different than what you imagined. And he got very defensive and he said, I didn't have any expectations. And the reporter said, well, you must have thought you'd make long playoff runs and maybe win a championship, which is a very fair question. And he got defensive. He said, you don't know what I expected, you know, all this stuff. Well, you don't come to play with LeBron James in purple and gold and just think it's going to be a ho-hum year, you know. And then recently, this made me really sad. He said he doesn't want to bring his kids to games because people are booing him. They're calling him names. That's horrible. But the reality is the Lakers are 0-4 versus the Clippers in their home arena since getting Russell. Even though most of those meetings have been without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the Lakers are seven games under 500. They're ninth in the West. And at trade deadline, Jeannie Buss took a stand saying they're not cleaning up this mess. This is what LeBron wanted. It's her team, but it's his mess. So they're kind of going down at the ship here. They're the Lakers. They'll come back. But boy, this experiment did not work. It is drama in Los Angeles right now. Mm-hmm. You couldn't write a better script. It is the entertainment capital of the world. And this is not <laughs> going good. There are big problems there. He doesn't want to be there. LeBron doesn't want him to be there. Now, yeah, uh, I unleashed about people going too far. It's not too far for fans in New York or Los Angeles, big market teams you know, high population density. That's what they do. You know, they boo. 
They boo. They have expectations. You're not playing in OKC anymore where they're just happy to be on television. They're happy to have Kevin Harlan call their game because they're making a playoff run. You're playing in Los Angeles. You're playing with LeBron James, who's still, I mean, that his story is not up there with Tom Brady. What he's doing at his age, considering he started at 18, the miles that's on that Mm -hmm. kid, and how many times he's been in the playoffs and played in the Olympics. And to drop, like we just said, he's just coming off a 50-plus point game. It's incredible to see the shape he keeps himself in, his standard and Russell Westbrook is, he's just not a winner, man. He's just, he's starting to make Kevin Durant look good for why he left. You know, a lot of people (laughs) gave Kevin Durant a lot of slack for what he did, but now people are starting to go like, you know what? Maybe Kevin Durant was like, I can't play with this kid. You know, like you said, the defense, the effort, and for him to get mad at fans that they're calling him uh, Russell Westbrook, I mean, come on, that's, that's basketball. That's not... That's not talking about your family, your kids. So he's he's overreacting, and what an unleashed, Olivia. You are dead on. This is a problem, and Russell Westbrook needs to be sent down to the Z League if they had one right now. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we took a different stance on that one. <laughs> yeah, man, I, it'll just be crazy if, if he ends up on his fifth team in five years, a former MVP. Like this is this is quite a uh, a saga, but there's a lot else going on in the world of sports. Let's go ahead and bring in Greg Rosenthal to hear what's going on in the NFL. Here's Greg. For him, the NFL is 365 days a year, 24/7. You can hear him on the Around the NFL podcast. NFL Network analyst Greg Rosenthal joins us now. And Greg, a pretty quiet day around your office, I assume. <laughs> you picked the the perfect uh, day to have this scheduled. I was like, my mind is uh, still recovering from Aaron Rodgers signing the contract, which I thought was going to be the big thing of the day, and then. In perfect fashion, Russell Wilson in his trade to the Broncos made Aaron Rodgers a B story. And I guess I'm a small person that I kind of enjoy that a little too. (laughs) I would love to start with Russell because that one blindsided me a little bit. I'm a Packer fan. I've been following the Packer story very closely. But what did you make of the Broncos and Seahawks making this epic trade? And I mean, did you expect it? They're putting it out there through, you know, different insiders that the Rogers deal had nothing to do with the timing. Mm. I I mean, I don't buy that. (laughs) I do buy that they started this process two weeks ago because a trade this big doesn't come together that quickly. I, I look at it from kind of the global NFL level and just think it's fascinating because Russell Wilson wanted out a year ago. He was on the record. His agent was on the record wanting out with three years left on his contract. And he got it done a year later. And to me, that changes like how NFL trades can be run. It's a little more NBA like. Mm -hmm. And it also Mm -hmm. says to me that Pete Carroll was ready for this divorce too, because people have asked the question, does Pete Carroll want to be there during a rebuild? It's like, who do you think's making this trade? (laughs) Pete Carroll runs this organization with more power than any coach in the entire NFL. Their owner, Paul Allen died a couple of years ago. Jody Allen has taken over, but he's doing what he wants. And I don't think he's trying to rebuild. Maybe they'll step back at the quarterback position, but I think he's going to want to prove people wrong and and try to compete this year and thinks that he's going to be there for a while more. And the fact that they essentially chose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson, I think supports that, that he's not going anywhere anytime soon. 
See, Pete Carroll's 70 years old. It's obvious he wouldn't want to be a part of a rebuild. But And then Jody Allen had just said they weren't interested in a trade. That's why I'm still kind of looking for clues. Yeah, everything that they said about Russell Wilson was just saying things to say. Yep. I, I, I think now, you know, just saying what they can. And, and if you listen carefully, they never totally box themselves into a corner, Pete Carroll. Yeah. He basically was saying... Look, we're not interested in trading him, but he didn't shut the door if someone was going to come calling. And the price that they got for him, two firsts, two seconds, a good young tight end in Noah Fant, who I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Shelby Harris, who I think is a good veteran defensive lineman that, that people don't know a lot about. But there's a reason why the Broncos paid him so much money last year. He's a good player. And Drew Locke is just a guy to compete at quarterback. I don't think he's going to mm-hmm. really matter in the long run. They got a lot for him. I don't think it's smart to be choosing your 70-year-old head coach over your franchise quarterback, but this is not Aaron Rodgers. To me, he's not a top-five quarterback in the NFL, and so Mm. they at least got a representative call for trading a guy that good. Do you think his his health had anything to do with it? Is there anything that they know that we're not privy to? Is there anything that puts him in question as far as how much more he has left in the tank? No, but I do think his play over the last two years had something to do with it. People put last year's struggles totally on that finger injury. And he was very cautious early in the season. And more importantly, in the second half of the 2019 season was the worst stretch of play Russell Wilson's ever had in his career. Mm -hmm. It wasn't two or three games. It was eight or nine games. He was hurting them in that stretch. And I think he's a guy who's always relied on his athleticism, holding the ball forever and making a play. And they've tried a lot of different offensive coordinators with him and they never quite found the right one. And, you know, that's on Pete Carroll, too. But I don't think there was the belief from Pete Carroll and John Schneider that Russell Wilson was in that tier of Aaron Rodgers and now Herbert and Mahomes. Uh, I don't think they viewed him that way or else they wouldn't have traded him. Yeah. Just to follow up, I'm a huge Giants fan. So there was so much hope that he was coming to New York. He, (laughs) I think at some point, intimated that he wanted to come to New York. So what happened there? And what do the Giants do now? Are are we stuck with this dookie? I was just calling him a dookie because, you know what, I'm sick of I'm sick of seeing Daniel Jones. I've had enough bad facial expressions from quarterback. He's not the franchise guy. What do we do now? So two questions. What happened there? And what do the Giants do now? I just don't think they were ready to give up this haul at any point. First of all, as you know, they've changed who's running the the ship. But I don't think either GM, whether it was Joe Shane coming in or Dave Gettleman on the way out, was ready to make this kind of deal. I think you're going to have the Daniel Jones and Mitchell Trubisky poo-poo platter there. And I think Daniel Jones is the better player of the two <laughs> in that. I think I think he might be okay in the right system. If, I think Brian Dable is a really good coach. And I think it, maybe the upside is okay to a little better than okay. And he'll turn your opinion around, but he's not going to be Russell Wilson. I hope so. <laughs> Jesus. So then what about over to Green Bay? As you saw the news break today about Aaron Rodgers, did you basically see that coming? Because when I saw the Packers bring back Tom Clements as the quarterback coach, I was like, oh, it's done. He's staying. Tom Clements isn't coming back to coach Jordan Love. Absolutely. I think Aaron Rodgers was using every leverage lever that he could pull over the last couple of weeks. And that's why you started hearing more about the Broncos, more about him not really making a decision. That's how you get the $200 million 
over four years. I don't know the details, but at some point it was less than that. And then it started going up and it started going up. And I, I said all along, like money solves everything here. You couldn't have told me a year ago if they had offered him $200 million over four years, then that he wouldn't have just taken it. And everyone said it was this personal thing. And I said, okay, but he's negotiating. So that means there is a number that will get him to sign. And we found out what that number was today, in addition <laughs> to the relationship repair that they've done over the last year. And I think it makes sense. I do not think it makes sense for either side to have a divorce. Right. So I totally think it was the right move for Rodgers and the Packers. So now this just makes me question at the David Bakhtiari wedding that he just officiated, do you think he like had a couple cocktails and started telling people like, just wait, big news this week. What do you think he said at this wedding? I don't know, man. I mean, Aaron Rodgers feels like he could keep things close to the vest. Like even his best yeah. friends don't know what he's going to do. So I think he is a businessman and uh, he, I think, probably knew this was the likely outcome, not just the last couple of months. I definitely believe he knew this was the likely outcome. Mm -hmm. Even going back a year, I think he knew it. And yet uh, you didn't hear that much talk coming out of his friends. So I I don't know. I think he probably was keeping everyone off off guard with some sarcastic jokes. And everyone was like, what did Aaron really mean with that? Because I think everyone in his life thinks that. Yeah. Yeah. No one knows <laughs> what he means. Yeah, I wonder with that money what kind of improvements he's going to do to his house. I mean, I would just move out of Green Bay and just helicopter in from a warm climate. I mean, God. you know, or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe buy Wisconsin. I mean, is he the richest person that's ever been in Wisconsin besides your grandfather? Ooh, I'm talking to Olivia. Yeah, he, he's got to be up there. I guess Giannis will be up there at some point. Yeah. They're holding yeah, on to their... Yeah their homegrown heroes. Maybe he could work that into the deal that he like flies in kind of like Tony Dungy <laughs> style at the end of his career as a coach. He would like go back to Tampa between Sunday and Wednesday. Maybe Rogers could do that and go back to California. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, I'm our resident Wisconsin person and I keep trying to have Giannis come visit in the summer because then he'll get yeah. it. But uh, he seems to hate the upper Midwest. He just did a comedy show in Minneapolis. He thought it was a dump. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Minneapolis was a nice town. It's I cold. Agree. I'm sure it's beautiful in Wisconsin, but I'm someone that grew up in Western Massachusetts. And that was the last winter I wanted. And for the most part, I've, I've stuck with that was high school. So I'm, I understand. There you go. Well, speaking of that part of the country, you were just in Indianapolis. Tell us about the combine and your biggest takeaways, especially as you kind of look at draft order and a mock draft in your head. Ooh. um, I don't know if if that much changed. Certainly Jordan Davis, it's hard to imagine him slipping out of like the top 15 to 17, which I wouldn't have guessed. I don't think there's a lot of players that hurt themselves at the top level. I think with this Seahawks trade, they now have the Broncos first round pick. So spinning ahead to where Denver is in the first round, it does make, I mean, where um, Seattle is in the first round, it does make you wonder if whoever they like the best, whether that's Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, whoever it's going to be, ends up getting taken pretty high. Because one thing I, th I think has been true about the draft, you could make a lot of money predicting that quarterbacks are going to get higher than they're predicted to go in mm. mid-February. And I think that'll be the same here. These guys are going to go higher than people expect. And especially with Seattle, for instance, now needing a quarterback, too. I think that's that's going to happen. You mentioned Kenny Pickett's, uh, you know, his hand size measures at 8.5 inches. 
Good for third smallest by a quarterback in combine history since 2003, I believe. Is this a real thing that scouts were considering? Or are we just desperate for NFL news right now? <laughs> they, they do consider it. It definitely is a factor. You know, you still hear about Jared Goff when he struggles in cold weather that they put it on yeah. the hands and his hands were, you know, half an inch bigger than than Pickett's who, who are smaller than basically any big quarterback. But he played in Pittsburgh. Like he played great in Pittsburgh. He played in cold weather games in Pittsburgh. And that's generally the concern when it comes to smaller hands and weather situations, whether it's rain or cold weather. And he excelled this season in Pittsburgh in cold weather games. So I, I can't imagine it matters too much. Yeah. Giannis, you know who else had nine inch hands that you might be surprised? Uh, who? Joe Burrow, Ryan okay. Tannehill. Now it is half an inch bigger, but those are still small hands in NFL quarterback history. <laughs> Worked out for them. Well, you know, it could just not be about cold weather. It could be that maybe the old myth is true that small uh, hands equals small it. something else. Watch and it. they just don't want guys feeling uncomfortable in the locking room. You know, you don't want an insecure quarterback. You want a nice headspace, feels confident in the showers. That could be it, too. I'm just saying I'm no reporter, but I'm saying there could be a connection <laughs> where you want just a confident quarterback Knowing that, you know, he can he can shower next to the boys and feel good about himself. I don't know. Greg, you don't have to respond. To <laughs> that, that would be that would be a next level. I mean, they get pretty deep into these players. That would be yeah, they do. That would be a next level analysis that even some of these scouts I've never heard from. But, you know, you never know what's behind <laughs> closed doors. Hey, I play three. When I do GM moves, I'm 3D. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Reports from Kenny Pickett out of the combine were not super flattering, whereas Malik Willis seemed to kind of get people's attention a little bit more for off the field. People just light up talking about Malik Willis. When you look at those two, first of all, do you think they're the two best quarterbacks in this year's draft or Matt Corral slip in there as well? Yeah, I think there's not a lot, a huge difference between any of them except for wow. total upside and that's Willis. And I just think seeing him in person and then also getting to hear from him and see that he's a guy that you can imagine leading a, a group of NFL players is just going to have at least one team fall in love with him because he does have the highest ceiling. He does have the biggest arm. He does have the most athleticism. I think Desmond Ritter helped himself a mm -hmm. lot. He's another guy I think will get drafted higher than people think because his ceiling looks higher with his athleticism, but Willis coming off of, Josh Allen developing in the way that he did. And, and certainly Herbert were coming off a couple guys where just the rawest tools, the most talented guys have excelled. And in this class, that's Willis. You know, he didn't care who was running when they were doing the go routes. He was just going to throw the ball as far as he could. And even if it wasn't complete to just to wow the scouts. And I think it totally worked. Yeah. So the Jaguars have the first overall pick again, just like the Browns a couple of years ago. Who do you think is first off the board after everything you've gathered, my friend? Mm, it's a great question. They franchise tag Cam Robinson on Tuesday. And so that's their left tackle. And so to me, that was a, a strong indicator. Are you really going to draft yeah. a tackle at one and then put him to the, to the right side? I don't know. So that indicates a pass rusher to me would be more likely at one 
Aiden Hutchinson didn't do anything at the combine to, to make you think that he wasn't going to be the first edge rusher up there, but there's such talented guys that every team could view it a little differently. Trayvon Walker had a monster combine, but Hutchinson really feels like the safest pick in terms of his production and his athleticism. And that Cam Robinson move on Tuesday, not going to get a lot of attention with all the quarterback news that happened, but I I think that (laughs) is a strong sign that they're not going to take a tackle number one. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson was a beast. Heisman Trophy finalist last year, 14 sacks last year. Now, I kind of like him. I like whenever a college player sticks around the neighborhood and goes to the nearby NFL team. Detroit has the number two pick. Do you kind of like that fit and how he would work into that culture? Yeah, he fits perfectly there, and they want pass rushers. That's that's how they're building their team. They were already pretty good up front in Detroit, Mm -hmm. but they. I can't imagine there's a wide receiver or certainly a quarterback that they'd be considering that high or, or a cornerback for that matter. I don't think sauce Gardner, who's probably the first cornerback off the board and, and solidified that at the combine is, is going that high. So it's going to be a pass rusher. And, and like I said, I think certain teams might view different guys differently. There's, there's a thought that maybe some of these Georgia guys have a little higher upside than Hutchinson. I, I don't know if I totally buy that. His combine times were also fantastic other than the 40, mm-hmm. you know, the short shuttle, the three cone, all that fun stuff. So he's got the production. He's got the measurements. He's going to go, I believe, in the top two. I'm just going out on a limb here. I met when I was in um, Minneapolis, I met a NFL prospect who just came from the combine, Luke Godecki. Do you know who he is? I'm just going for it. Maybe not. He was from CMU. I don't, but I'm not like okay. the Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network here. I do not know Luke Gadecki. All right, scrap it. Central Michigan guy. Central Michigan guy <laughs> from Wisconsin who was a big fan of Sam Decker. I was just going for it. But uh, hopefully, good luck, Luke, whatever whatever happens. I hope you make it. <laughs> that was a great plug, Giannis. I hope he's listening. Okay, Greg, we like to play a game with a lot of our guests. I'd, I'd love to play one with you if you're up for it. Sure. Okay, this one is based on amusement parks. We wanted to take you on a ride called the quarterback carousel. Basically, we give you a quarterback on this constantly moving ride, and you tell us what team seat they are taking on the carousel. You ready? Okay, that's good. Okay, the first one, Jimmy Garoppolo. 49ers have made it clear he's available in a trade. He'll be rehabbing from shoulder surgery. Not too attractive, but what do you think? I kind of like the Colts for him. Mm. I think the Colts have made it clear they want out of the Carson Wentz business. Like the owner made them show up to a meeting the night that Wentz blew that final game against the Jaguars. And by all accounts, uh, read them the riot act. That's like, we're not going into another season with Carson Wentz. So I think he will be an ex Colt. And then when I look at the players available, I think they are one team that would give up a pick for Jimmy G. Mm. Okay, that's a good one. How about Derek Carr entering the final year's five-year extension, had career-high passing yards this season, but more impressively kept rowing the boat in the face of chaos and heartache and adversity. Was so true to Raider Nation, saying he'd rather leave the game than leave the team, I think he said. So where does he end up? I think he stays in Vegas. I believe Josh McDaniels wanted to work with him because why wouldn't he? I think he fits in that sort of offense where you change the scheme each and every week. Uh, you're a matchup type of team. The, the downside here is though, like Derek Carr is now the fourth best quarterback in the AFC West. I mean, yeah. he's a good quarterback and he's probably the worst one in the division. And I would, if I had to pick the worst <laughs> roster in the division, even though I don't think the Raiders are bad. I mean, they're a playoff team. They would be the worst roster in the division too. 
They got to see if Carr and McDaniels really mesh. They've, they've like hardly met at this point. It's tricky because he wants huge money and he is a wild card yeah. in the Kyler Murray sweepstakes. I don't know if he's coming up on the carousel, but Carr is the only one I can see that has value that if Kyler Murray is an ex-Cardinal, that actually the another team has another quarterback to offer that would make some sense in a possible trade. Well, let's go right to Kyler Murray. He wants a new contract. His agent put out a novel about his time in Arizona. His agent also represents Cliff Kingsbury, who just got an extension, by the way. Weird. And Kyler wants a new contract before the draft. One, does that happen or is he out? I think he's out. I think the move today with Wilson, too, really puts Kyler Murray on the front burner. You asked what I heard at the combine. I, I should have mentioned I heard that it's going to get ugly between these two sides. And I think it's already spilled into the public. I think it's pretty clear that the front office, the coaches, and then Kyler on the other side have sort of been lining up in terms of a power struggle. And one of those two sides just got extensions through 2027. And the other is getting a lot of negative reports about him in the media where you can probably guess where that come from, including maybe from the very top. And so he is the guy I think that is next. I actually do believe he's going to be an ex-Cardinal. If I had to pick one team that would pay the absolute most for him, I think it would be Washington. Mm. But I think Washington, Carolina, Las Vegas, those are all teams that you could look at. Wow. How about uh, Jameis Winston and Nola? Where will he be? Same place? Moving? I think he stays. Yeah. Yeah, I think he ends up staying. I think they kept everyone that they possibly could. And I think they liked what they saw out of him. And ultimately it's sort of a, he's worth more to them than he's worth to anyone else. Okay. What about Carson Wentz? You mentioned, you think he is no longer a Colt that that's been painfully clear, but someone's got to take him. Man, I already gave Kyler to. You did uh, Washington. I kind of want to flip it. And just for fun, it would be Kyler in (laughs) Vegas car in Arizona. And then I would give Carson Wentz to Washington who never seems like they get nice things. And so this would be not a nice thing. (laughs) Washington's got some pieces though. They just need a good quarterback. They do, but they, I think like they got shut out in this Russell Wilson thing. I don't doubt at all that they offered just as much or more. And this is where their reputation, their lack of success, their, drama Mm -hmm. that they've had over the last two decades really I think comes into play because he had a no trade clause and so Russell Wilson essentially picked where he wanted to go and I I personally have no doubt that they would have offered just as much uh to Seattle but that he wouldn't have wanted to go there I thought he was going there it's where he's from he posted that picture with Jonathan Allen I thought he was gonna be a commander for sure okay Giannis take us home last one Last one, of course, not least, and maybe most improbable, but Tom Brady. Do we see him in uniform or is he just going to be working on Brady Brandt? I mean, no one's going to go back and tell me that I'm wrong about this. So let's pick the most fun answer, which he's a 49er. (laughs) I mean, when they (laughs) signed Brian Greasy to be their quarterbacks coach over the weekend, who's given up a massive salary as the Monday night football announcer to become a quarterback's coach. And I think like, Hmm, who is with Hmm. Tom Brady uh, at Michigan? Who's had a great relationship with Tom Brady ever since then? 
I don't know. I think you can connect some dots here of Tom Brady spending some time uh, in his, his childhood bunk bed over the last month or so. And certainly the way that he's talked, I just kind of can't imagine the Bucks allowing him to do this or giving him up. But maybe the 49ers would give up a haul to go get him. Man, no, that's yeah. bizarre. I can't imagine him retiring the way that he did. Yeah, I just can't imagine he retires with an Instagram post. So I think you're right. I can't either. And that makes me think yeah. when I'm being truthful, not with the carousel stuff, that that the Bucks would hold him hostage and make him play there right. or nothing else. And if they don't pick up a big name, if they decide to just go like the Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask route, who's the second round pick they took last year, then it's like they can just keep the seat warm and just ready for Tom to, mm-hmm. to slide right in when he wants to come back. Was there anything more relatable than when Tom Brady said he wanted a lot of family time and five weeks later he said, no, I'm good. I saw the family. I'm good. It's like when you want to go on vacation, but you're like on the second dinner and you're like, God, you guys are intolerable. Yeah. I I was wondering when people said like, look, Giselle, um, you know, she holds a lot of sway and she, she wants him to do this. I was like, what do you think she's wanted the last six off seasons? Like this is not a new thing. And he's ultimately (laughs) made the final call the last six off seasons and gotten his way. And I, I think he might once again. Oh, that was fun. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm dizzy on that carousel. I need to get off that carousel. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. You can follow Greg on Twitter at Greg Rosenthal. That's Greg with two G's. Two G's, all the better. Thank you, Greg. Three and all, 60% G. Thanks, Olivia. Thanks, Giannis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. Olivia, I don't know if you're, you said you're thinking of naming your kid a German name. I just hope it's not Dirk with two Ks. That would be weird. (laughs) Dirk Decker. Ouch. Speaking of German kids who are not German, uh, (laughs) let's bring in our betting expert from BetMGM. He looks like he's holed up in a basement somewhere and asking for ransom money. Uh, never surprises us with his audio or where he is. He's all over the world. Give it up for the great Peter Andrew, everybody. I was sitting there hoping it wasn't like Wolfhouse that was the name going to be uh, Olivian Sam were choosing. So <laughs> Dirk would Dirk is certainly an upgrade there. But uh, yeah, I'm in the office today. I know most people can't see the boxes behind me, but we're moving offices, we're moving up to a different floor. So uh, exciting times at BetMGM. Yeah, I'll say I haven't seen a headpiece like that since the movie Boiler Room. Are you pitching chop stock? Are you are you pitching phony stocks on the side to grandparents? Uh, I did. Giovanni Rubisi is one of my favorite actors. So I guess uh, I do got a little boiler room in me. Oh, my God. Uh, Other news around the NFL that we just talked with Greg Rosenthal about is the blockbuster trade Seahawks and Broncos and then Aaron Rodgers signing a four-year deal with the Packers. That made me so happy. But how did that affect the futures trade market? Yeah. So first off, love that Russell Wilson's out of my division now. So good riddance. riddance. Uh, Seahawks are going to be in rebuild bad now for the next couple of years. But Packers won, I mean, an incredible deal. I think Aaron Rodgers has an agent. I don't think he negotiates himself. 153 million guaranteed. Good for him. 
I don't know what I'd do with 1 million, nonetheless, 153, but <laughs> odds changed pretty drastically. So they were plus 1400. Now they're already plus a thousand. I can mm. see that still moving, especially as pieces start to kind of fall in place when they, you know, resign Devante and shore up the defense and mm-hmm. bring back a lot of the team. I think they're going to have to be really clever now because 25% of their cap next year, I think is going towards Aaron Rodgers. So that's a interesting problem to have for LaFleur and the team. Yeah. But they're right up there again. They're, they're a favorite and bringing that offense back, you know, they're going to be there and they're a lock for the division as they have been the last couple. Another selfish question for me. I assume we got a lot of listeners in New York. We got a high population density. I assume a lot of them are Giants fans like me. So another selfish question. They got the fifth and seventh pick now. What do they go for? What are they, what are they looking to fill? There are so many voids on that team. I'll be clear in saying Daniel Jones, I don't think is the answer for that team, but this is not a quarterback heavy draft. I think you have to shore up the other pieces and then have someone fall in your lap, whether it's, I'll use Jimmy G as an example, a guy that can win that maybe isn't the game changer that you need. I don't think it's Daniel Jones, but the offensive line, the defense, I think those are two things that need to be addressed. What happens with Saquon Barkley? He's clearly not the same Saquon Barkley before the ACL injury. Do you address running back too? So there's plenty more positions other than just quarterback, but they are, they're a couple of years away. And uh, I think you have to build that interior line first so that when you bring the quarterback in, he's not getting beat up and beat around like Daniel Jones was the last couple of seasons. Well, Pete, this week we saw March Madness really begin, finally begin as conference tournaments started on Wednesday. So exciting. They'll wrap up this weekend, but give us some early favorites before we know uh, what's going to happen here. Yeah, already this week has been crazy. Olivia, I think you liked my tweet yesterday talking about Chattanooga. Some of these like lower tier, you know, divisions, conferences are crazy buzzer beaters. Like it's March and it's already amazing. As we get into the bigger conferences, which are kicking off today and tomorrow, we're obviously recording a little bit before uh, we drop the pod. Baylor, I look at as a sure thing, plus 210 to to win the big 12. They're minus a thousand to be a one seed. As they go into March Madness, into the tournament next week, I think they run away with the the conference. I think that's one of my probably clearer favorites. And I think at plus 210, you're getting great value. So you're still getting plus money. $100 bet when you get an extra 210 bucks, not too shabby. Big East is an interesting one because there are a lot of really good teams. And I think there are some overinflated teams like Providence. Mm -hmm. I want to stay away from the Villanova, the Seton Hall, and UConn part of the bracket because... Those teams are all conversing against each other. You have Creighton, which is in the top of the bracket. That's going to play, I think, Marquette, then potentially play an overrated Providence team. They can easily see themselves in the final. They're plus 1,200 to win the Big East tournament. There's great value there. The road to the final is so much simpler than a team like Nova that's going to have to go through UConn, Seton Hall, St. John's, St. John's being a home team there. So I think you have to go where there's the clearest route. That's happened in the past when Seton Hall won when UConn has won previous times when they used to be in the Big East, the road less traveled or the, the road less difficult always finds you a nice slot into the final. So Big East is, is going to be a fun one this week at the Garden. And then the last one, which is, my God, up in the air, is, is the Big Ten. I'd probably go two different ways here. Michigan plus 900. They've turned it into a different gear these last couple of weeks. And then Purdue, I think they've looked like the strongest team in the Big Ten for some time. Sorry, Sam Decker, Wisconsin, terrible loss against Nebraska the other day. Yeah, uh, that was a that was a tough one. You know, they had the conference regular season locked up. Well, now they're co-champs. 
Now they're co-champs, but yeah. that's about the worst co-champ you could possibly be I after know. losing to Nebraska. I <laughs> um, I, all kidding aside, I really like that team. Love Johnny Davis, mm. but I think that's a team I'm looking, I'm already looking towards the tournament for. Yep. I don't think they're going to perform in the Big Ten tournament. I think they're, they're more focused on next Thursday, next Friday. So I'm going to go, you know, uh, short price with Purdue at two and change. And then Michigan, I'm going to throw a flyer on them, plus 900. Hunter Dickinson is the kind of guy, big man in the middle, that I think can lead them through a long weekend like this will be. And then as they get into next week, could make some noise. But man, it's it's going to be crazy these next uh, three to four weeks. We've got a ton of stuff lined up at BetMGM. We are going to tease uh, later in the week. We're going to tease our bracket challenge that we're going to do. Everybody's going to love that. we got a big number there if you predict the perfect bracket. So, so much to look forward to. It is going to be uh, an awesome March and early April. Let me just ask you about some of the lines in the NBA since uh, we're post-All-Star game. After the break, I mean, this marriage in Philly looks really good. Embiid is playing out of his mind. Jokic is playing out of his mind. I think he has three triple-doubles and the rest of the NBA only has two since the break. Has the line changed for their MVP odds? And what do you think the Sixers look like going into, you know, playoffs. Yeah. Uh, line has dramatically changed because Embiid is now a shorter price favorite. Like you said, him and Harden playing together in any which way you look at it, spacing the floor for Embiid. I think some of the really clever passing between the two and having a big man like that, Embiid to me is the runaway favorite. But I saw a tweet from George Carl the other day out of any player that he's ever seen in Denver, he said Jokic is the best he's ever seen. That I is that. high praise from one of the probably most renowned coaches to ever touch the hardwood. So Jokic is right there, but the way Embiid's playing, the way the East is just so different to the West, I mean, it's just wide open. And I mentioned, uh, I think it was last week, really like the Heat, but the way the Sixers are playing, they can easily run away with this thing. There is not a lot of competition. Whereas you look at the West and you got the Dubs, you got the Suns, you got Memphis, you got a lot of teams at the top can make some noise. Sixers theoretically could run away with it and not be particularly close till they get to the conference finals or, or NBA finals come, come uh, May and June. All right. That's good stuff. We covered kind of everything there. Peter, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us again. We will see you next week, my friend. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow BetMGM across all social media platforms at BetMGM. You don't need to follow Giannis, but he is at Giannis Pappas. And I'm at <laughs> Olivia Decker. What do you think about that, Giannis? Thanks so much. Uh, Leave a review, subscribe, tell your friends. We'll see you next week. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.